Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of the Got Hoops podcast. I'm your co-host, Shake, with your other co-host, Alex, Max, and Summy. Uh, today, we have a lot of topics to talk about, a lot of controversial topics. Uh, the first one we're going to get into is Paul George and how he's been playing recently. You know, let's, let's get into that, boys. Yeah, so I, I've been really impressed. I think most NBA fans have been really impressed with Paul George this season. Um <clears throat> I would be curious if he went and saw some sort of sports psychologist or something like that, because I think his biggest problem uh, over the past uh, couple of seasons was just, you know, his mental toughness and, um, you know, not letting the, the memes and all that stuff get to his head. Um, So I'd be interested to know if he uh, did some work on that mentally, because I think that was probably his biggest problem last year, but you know, his stats are, are really good so far this season, um, averaging 25 points on uh, on 50% shooting from three. Uh, I don't know how sustainable that is because that's pretty unprecedented. Um, but, you know, they got to ride the hot hand right now. The Clippers are definitely uh, looking like a completely different team this year. And uh, I think they're an actual threat if this this success that they're having now carries over into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, talking about what you're saying uh, about him seeing a psychologist, he said in a podcast over the summer between the break that uh, he's back with his trainer from his OKC days. So like the year where he almost won MVP. So I think that's honestly a huge reason as to why he's looking like that OKCP. And uh, I mean, at the rate that he's playing, they're going to have to invent a 50-50-90 club, man. I mean, he's shooting at that. (laughs) He's shooting literally 50-50-90. It doesn't get much better than that. I mean, I obviously don't think he's going to be able to sustain that throughout the course of a season. I mean, right now, uh, his total shooting is 68%. On pull-up threes, he's shooting 48%. And from the corner, he's knocking down 70%. Like, I don't really know how you're supposed to sustain that throughout the course of a year. Uh, I think he does have a shot at the 40-50-90 club. I mean, that's obviously in his sights. Uh, He's playing great right now. Uh, however, the one thing that is odd about this little run that he's had this year is uh, on ESPN's The Jump, they mentioned that the team uh, is actually performing better uh, without Paul George on the court. So when it's just Kawhi and no Paul George, really, it's best statistically. But when it's Paul George and no Kawhi, they're actually at a disadvantage. So I don't know really the correlation between the two, but uh, that's interesting, I think. Uh, either way, he's playing great right now, but I don't think he's going to be able to keep it up over the course of the year, Lakers in four. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers in four. Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys nailed it. Um, Paul George, I mean, the thing that Paul George stated is that he wanted to come back stronger this season. Um, a lot of people doubted him that he would, you know, come back. I mean, nobody doubted his. First of all, nobody doubted his, you know, regular season. It's it's the playoffs that matters. So, um, you know, what Max Max said was right. Like, I don't see this um, being sustained. Like, he's shooting unbelievable right now. Um, but you know, there's gonna be nights where he's gonna struggle. Um, but one thing that I like about his playing, um, the past two games, he's he's been passing the ball. He had 12 assists against the. Um, uh, let me pull up. Twelve assists. Uh, and yeah, like so, his playmaking is definitely five. huh? Yeah, yeah, his he's playmaking. Five assists. 
yeah, his, his playmaking has gotten better. Like the Kings, yeah, he had 12 assists. So um, that's something that, you know, last year they struggled with, you know, passing the ball. The Clippers team looked better um, overall. Um, uh, Paul and Kawhi, and they know their roles in the team. Um, they passed the ball. And, I mean, last night they had like 30 assists in the game. So um, going forward, if they sustain it, um, I don't know about Max's four games, Lakers, <laughs> but, <laughs> but hey, they got a chance. So all for it. Uh, honestly, I think it's actually more impressive than I thought it would. I mean, at first, like people were talking about Paul George this season. I was like, I mean, it's the regular season. But I mean, when you look deep, when you deep dive into the numbers, the 50 40 90 club is extremely exclusive. Like, there's been only a handful of players that have actually done it, like Curry and like Malcolm Brogdon. And this other players, I don't really, I can't really think of, to be honest. But this, this, wait, this pretty obscure guy named Larry Bird. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Larry Bird. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, he's a legend or something. Kevin Durant, too. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Oh, it's not some legends or whatever, you know. Yeah. Steve yeah. Nash four times. Pretty pretty unknown guys here. They're, they're, they're okay. <laughs> they're okay. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. In other case, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, the biggest name out of all those, you know, obviously. <laughs> Pacers, by the way. But uh, <laughs> people are obviously going to downplay his regular season uh, play. I mean, it's the regular season. and But I do think that he should get his recognition because – he has been a huge part of why they're being successful this season. And, I mean, if he can continue, I don't know if this is, he's going to stay efficient because with Paul George, it seems like he's really good for, like, two, three months. And there's, like, another two months where he's just, like, shit. So, I don't... It's I don't. Always, it's always post-All-Star break. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know if he's going to stay as good. But, I mean, so far, it looks good. So, I'm going to just say so far, he's, he's been really impressive. Definitely. Um, going into the next topic, this is a, a really big one. Um, so recently, I think it was a couple days ago, Shaq and Donovan Mitchell had an awkward exchange where like he told, at, he told Donovan Mitchell that he doesn't think that Donovan Mitchell has what it takes to get to the next level. And he wanted Donovan Mitchell to hear that. Do you guys, what, what are y'all's thoughts on that? So I get, I get what Shaq was probably trying to do. Um, and I really do think that if it had come from anyone other than Shaq, it probably would have been better received for two reasons. One, Shaq is not really the most eloquent speaker in the world. Uh, he's, he's not. He's very goofy, uh, very, um, you know, very sarcastic and stuff. Uh, typically, he doesn't take himself too seriously. So when, when someone like that says something like that, in an attempt to motivate a player, it doesn't get received well because it comes across as hating because you're not used to someone, uh, you know, trying to be more serious like that. And Shaq has a long history of, of hating on players like Rudy Gobert, obviously we're coming off of that whole, uh, you know, media cycle of, of talking about Rudy Gobert and uh, Shaq, you know, trading remarks on Twitter and whatnot. So if it had come from anyone else, it probably wouldn't have been so awkward and so poorly received. And I thought Donovan Mitchell handled it pretty well. Uh, he was just like, all right. Uh, one thing I will say, and I thought this was a really interesting comment that people aren't talking about as much as the Shaq comments, but Kenny Smith said that a true superstar and someone that can take a team to a championship is a player that can lead the team in three to four statistical categories. There was six. And, he gave, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really good point. 
And Donovan Mitchell, you know, he's 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 going to get you buckets, that's for sure. But he's not going to lead the team in rebounds. And you know, he doesn't have to. He's got Rudy Gobert. But right. as far as assists go, he can dish the ball, but night in and night out, he's not probably going to lead the team in assists. He's a good defensive player. He'll probably lead in steals. Uh, but that really is only two statistical categories that that he's probably going to lead in. He's not extremely efficient. He is an efficient player, but he's not like going to be 50-40-90 club anytime soon. So um, I understand that this was all an attempt to motivate uh, Mitchell, but uh, it just came across really poorly. But I hope Donovan Mitchell takes, you know, block out the noise and take in the message um, and understand that, hey, I, I do think Donovan Mitchell is good enough to carry a team, but is he there yet? No. And I think hearing something like this and dealing with this adversity, as obnoxious as it is coming from Shaq, will probably do him some good in the long run. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And this could be one of those instances, but if you actually watch the interview, he does say a ton of times before he goes and rips on Donovan that he's a huge fan of his game, that he likes the way he plays. But really the only knock he said is that he's not a superstar and he can't take his team to the next level. Is he wrong? I mean, has he done it so far? I mean, he hasn't left the second round. I mean, he's kind of the perennial all-star, but really what does he do aside from scoring, like Alex said, and playing defense? Uh, I I honestly had no idea how short he was. I think he's only like six foot. I thought he was like six, three at the least. He's Uh, six, two, I believe. Okay. Six, two, yeah. Yeah, Shorter than I thought still. Uh, I mean, honestly, that makes him more impressive as a player in my eyes, but uh, I said it in the first podcast. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm not sold on him as a superstar. I think he's a really good player, a really good scorer. Pound for pound, he's probably one of the better players in the league. All the things that he can do at his size, it's pretty impressive. But he's just yet to take that next jump and take his team to the next level. And I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's not like he's some bench warmer. He's still an all star. But I think that he's like he's going to be a player who's going to need some more help on his team if he wants wants to make a deep playoff run and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, if you want to win, you got to do certain things and he just needs help. I mean, yeah, you guys nailed it. Um, to be honest, like when I saw that at first, I didn't know like what this the whole thing until I searched it up, but um, it was that interview was very awkward uh, after he said that. But um, I know, I think Donovan took it to the light, like to his heart where he said, I mean, he's been hearing it since his rookie year and um to be honest, I mean, you guys are right about it. he's not a superstar, but um, there's been moments where he has shown the capability to lead his team. Like the first his rookie year, he defeated the Thunders um, uh, with Russ and, you know, Paul George. So that was, you know, for as a rookie, that was impressive. Last year was like the most impressive thing. I mean, man was dropping 57, 51 and 44. So like he's an absolutely great scorer. And I mean, and he can, you know, assist and, you know, have assists, but not consistent with it. He's not the greatest playmaker, so he needs a, you know, he needs like a Chris Paul type of player who can just, you know, help facilitate the ball. But I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, getting more help because there's a lot of superstars or so-called superstars where they can't lead the whole team like by themselves. So, I mean, I don't see this as like a, because Shaq can be with his words can be kind of aggressive. Um, with the, the whole situation, he's been having a history with people like players. Um, not taking lightly of what he be say, what he has to say, but um, Donovan just should take it to his heart and you know have a vengeance like what Paul George is doing. So that's my take. 
I, as Alex said, I think I get what Shaq was trying to do, but he just delivered it so wrong, I feel like. Because it just sounded like he was hating on him in a way, but I know Shaq wasn't trying to do that. Like He said in the end, he was like, I wanted you to hear it. I said it on purpose because I think he was trying to motivate him. I mean, it's, I, I think he made it pretty obvious, but like, I don't think Donovan Mitchell is a superstar right now. Um, I think he can maybe eventually become one. Um, the biggest issues with Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, is he's not, he can't create plays for others and he's not as efficient. Like he's, he's efficient sometimes, but sometimes he's just not efficient at all. Like his, his three point shot isn't as efficient. I mean, he, it's, he can it's make worth more. pointing. It is worth pointing out. He's shooting 40% from three right now. Okay, this season. I would just yeah, like throw that out there. Yeah, this season specifically, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's very it's like well, very it's rare. Career box from three. Career, career. He's thirty six percent. See, it's like average. It's like maybe yeah, average. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like with Donovan Mitchell, I think eventually he can become a superstar. I do think he has the capabilities because he's showing that he's he's he can carry a team. It's just more of like he needs to adjust his offense as like a playmaker because he has the size of a point guard. I mean, a shooting guard should be at least like six, four plus, I think. And he's what mm-hmm. six, two. I don't know. I mean, I think for him to take the next step, he needs to improve his playmaking and become like efficient. Totally. I, if he's doing that this year, then Hey, mad props. And if he can carry to hey, carry the jazz and I mean, they're winning right now. I mean, we're going to get into that later, but I don't know. I think, I think Donovan yeah. Mitchell, their their offense as a whole just needs to improve. I think right now they're like 28th in the league in offense or something like that, or 22nd. They're they're really in the lower portion of the league. Yeah, and exactly. I mean, he I needs mean, help. He yeah, needs I help. Mean, I mean, the thing with help, I I mean, the Jazz as an organization, like they paid Rudy Gobert 205 <laughs> million dollars. Yeah, I just don't see help coming anytime soon. Um, and that's not Mitchell's fault at all. Like. That's just the organization. Actually, they're seventh in offense. I was wrong in that. So they're, <laughs> they're exactly no. Hold up. They're seventh in offense, and then they're another top ten defensive team. So Jazz, like, I, the, the Jazz I, are good. I I don't know where this idea that the Jazz suck <laughs> is. Good. The Jazz are really good. We're, we're gonna we're gonna get into that later. The Jazz <laughs> being good. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I get like what Shaq was trying. To, in the end of the day, I mean, Shaq he was just trying to motivate Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell has heard all of this talk for the longest time, but in the end of the day, I mean, it's gonna sh- it's gonna have to show in the playoffs. I mean, if he could have finished the Nuggets last, but was it the Nuggets right in the first round? I believe the Nuggets. If yeah, he yeah. yeah. If he could have finished the Nuggets last year in the playoffs, that would have been really monumental. I mean, honestly, but he I don't put know. Up Fifty points in a losing effort. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And he, he was like crying. I felt bad, honestly. Like he did his he put his heart out over there. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's gonna take a while. I mean, from to become a superstar, maybe he can do it this year in the playoffs. We're gonna have to see. Like, I think that's where superstars are made in the playoffs. But we're gonna have to see. Um, going into the the next topic, this is not a topic, but a segment that we're gonna have. Um, it's the versus segment. Um, brought to you by Max, of course. Um, Max did bring this topic up <laughs> idea. Up. Um, so the first versus, it's gonna be basically a player versus player. We're gonna debate on you know which player we rather have, etc. Uh, the first. Um, player versus player is Jokic versus Embiid. Let me hear it. You know, it's like, uh, do you want Coke or do you want Pepsi? They do different things. Uh, you've got Jokic, who you know he he's he's not gonna he's not really score first like Joel Embiid is going to, uh, but he's gonna make a lot of plays. He's gonna average a triple double. He's gonna get rebounds. He's gonna be really efficient. Uh, but you know, he's probably not gonna drop like forty points and. Um, 
you know, he's, he's going to shoot well. He's going to distribute the ball. Um, and really scoring isn't his focus. Mike Malone has said before, uh, I think he had a comment this week. He's like, I have to make him score sometimes because he's just so unselfish. Joel Embiid is, you know, a different player. They have very different play styles. Uh, you could have Jokic run your point guard position and he's not really going to, you know, be a great rim protector, but Joel Embiid, you're going to, you're going to camp him down low. He's going to be back and defenders down. He can stretch the floor for you. Um, and he's going to, you know, he's going to block some shots and, and give you some great rim protection, probably, you know, a top 10 defensive player of the year effort every single year. Uh, so it's really, you know, what flavor do you want? It's, uh, you know, chocolate or vanilla. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly. Uh, I mean, that's good, but this is a versus segment, so <laughs> you have to pick a player. So, I okay, oh, yeah. If I'm gonna pick one, um, <laughs> man, I'm going Embiid. Embiid's the type of player who can take over a game and can he, you know, we talked about carrying, carrying a team. Embiid can do that. That's fair, that's fair. True, true, yeah, and he's showing that right now. I mean, both players are probably top five in MVP, if not like the top two runners, you know. Uh, oh, like that their play styles are drastically different, you know. Jokic, uh, he's kind of like the he's kind of like the focal point of the offense, I want to say, just because he either sets that high ball screen that uh, allows J- Jamal Murray to you know go downhill, or he'll dump it off to Jokic at the elbow or see it to him up top. He really just makes that offense work. And I mean, he's averaging a triple double right now. Uh, he's shooting fifty percent from the field and thirty three percent from three. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Embiid is putting up similar stats of 25 and 11. However, he's only averaging three assists a game. But obviously, defense is uh, where he makes up for, like, the shooting where Jokic lacks in defense. So they trade that for each other. Um, Man. Like I said, they're both in the battle for the title of the league's best bigs, but Jokic takes the crown for me. He's the best passing big we've ever seen in the league, I think, with the jumper that's getting better every year. And he's got an unguardable fadeaway. Uh, I mean, if you just see that thing, he just lifts his hands like 10 feet above his head. Did not, that every single time. It's so <laughs> I, weird. But I, I got to bring something up. I got to bring something up. So when me and Sammy play basketball, uh, one v one. I hit. The, I always. I, I always say this whenever I hit that shot that Jokic hits. I'm like I'm hitting the Jokic because I, I just hit it over some because. No, whenever you just do some stupid shot above your yeah, head. Yeah, I, I literally just. I literally just. You don't know how over. frustrating it is, bro. I play defense so bad, and he's like. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. dude! That's, still, that's exactly what. Uh, I think it was against the Lakers in the playoffs when he had that one nice ass shot. Like I was like, "How the hell did that go?" Yeah, like, he yeah. hits him in the clutch. It's crazy. Exactly, but hey man, as you said, like, not- players are like you know they come in the suit out of playoffs. They you know that's where their legacy's made. So, oh yeah, he's just built like that. Yes, I mean. Uh, his only knock is his defense, but the Nuggets could do a whole lot more to help him out with that. And he's averaging six more assists than their point guard, Murray. So obviously he's the primary playmaker. Uh, yeah, man. Jokic is the, is, he's the go-to guy right here. Yeah, I mean, both both players are great. Um, but for me, i rather have like a, a more versatile big man instead of like what Joel, he brings, he's a dominant force inside. No, and he's a great defender, like one of the best right now, you know. But for me, I'll I'll take you know Jokic because he can pass, um, you know he can he can spread the ball. He he doesn't have to be just 
you know, people just don't have to have to guard him. He has to be guarded outside, like, all the time because he can pass it. He's a threat all times. And in the playoffs, I mean, the Lakers were, like, the biggest, you know, the like, they had, like, seven foot, like, what's it called? The biggest high difference in the playoffs. And he was showing it to, like, you know, putting a fight for, you know, uh, for the Nuggets. But I'm going to take Jokic just because he can pass it, shoot it. He's not a great defender, but the Nuggets have a, like a better supporting cast around him just to help him out with that area. But, um, but nothing against Embiid. But I just I'm gonna say Jokic. Yeah, I mean, as Alex said, they both have their own different play styles, and they're really good at what they do. I'm gonna go with Jokic. Even this is actually really close for me, and I really want to choose Embiid because I do love Embiid's game and like I like how he presents himself and everything. And like I like I like everything about Embiid. Except just Jokic, like his variety on offense and like his ability to run the whole offense as a center is just so unique. Well, I just have to go with Jokic. I mean, Embiid is a force. I mean, if you watch him, he's arguably one of the most dominant centers I've ever seen. I mean, to be honest, he's so dominant on the inside. It's crazy. And like, he just like, I mean, I'm going to talk as a Pacers fan, like him playing as Miles Turner. And Miles Turner is a defensive player that you can't in my opinion. He absolutely destroys them. And even Rudy Gobert. I mean, Rudy Gobert, I mean, there's a lot of shit yeah. talking about him. But <laughs> in general, Embiid destroys any center that he plays against. I mean, maybe there's one center that doesn't play uh, play good against. That's Al Horford. And I had a feeling they only signed Al Horford just so he wouldn't go against Al Horford in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's a whole conspiracy. I don't, I don't know. But, um, I'm going to go with Jokic. Jokic is just so unique um, offensively. I mean, you have to go with Jokic. I do respect the Alex's choice as Embiid because Embiid is a good choice as well. I mean, it's very close. I would like to I would like to pro- provide like one piece of rationale as the only person who picked Embiid. Uh, <laughs> okay. So my thought process with it, it really came down to it really came down to defense. And it's because sure. the Nuggets, in my opinion, were the beneficiaries of some really, really hot shooting. And that's not a, that's, that's not again in his life. Oh yeah. That is the product of not, not luck because they had the skill to hit those shots, but you're either in the playoffs you're either on or you're off. And so if you're off, what it comes down to is your ability to play defense. If you're having an off shooting night, you can make up for it by playing solid defense on the other half on the other half of the court. And that's yeah. why I would choose Embiid because, you know, if he's not shooting, if he's not having a great night, guess what? He's still going to get boards and he's still going to get blocks and he's still going to defer, um, you know, the best bigs from getting down in there. When he's playing, though. Oh. When he uh, Alex is bringing the whole system. That, 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 that argument is tired, man. He, did you see him? Did you see him in the playoffs last year? This man, this man carried this. This man was. Hey, uh, this is. Hey, one thing he played fifty. He played fifty-one games last year. Two years ago, he played sixty-four games. Before that, he played sixty-three games. Jokic plays every game. Best abilities available. Yeah, and he plays crap <laughs> defense. Of course, he's got so much energy to play every game. Ah, damn. Uh, he did out here. 11 assists. More than his point guard. Okay, but he's not playing any defense. Those very no boys can't He's a big point guard. I'm sorry. I mean, hey. I do agree with Max as in the, the best ability is availability. And Embiid has shown to, like, just be out out of nowhere? I don't know. What are you talking about? I just told you how many games no, he's played. That's, he's played. There's 82 games in the season. He's missing 20 he's games. Played over, he's played over 75% of the season. 
I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's, there's a good and question. In the playoffs, season. how many games did he miss in the playoffs? Okay. In the playoffs, I think it was two years ago. He missed, like, um, it was a like a really important game. I guess a couple of games. But... Yeah, it was two years ago. I guess it was, I think it was against the Celtics, if I remember I correctly. So, maybe. Who knows? But I remember he was needed. And yeah, and they still like... won and ended up going up against the Raptors. So, I mean. Uh, okay. I mean, I guess, okay, that's fair. I mean, Kevin, Durant, Kevin Durant's missed games in the playoffs. I mean, we can go down a laundry list of players who have missed games in the playoffs. All right. I mean, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let me get it. So, who would you rather start your franchise with, though? Start my franchise? Yeah. It depends. Do I want to have a championship ceiling or do I want to have a perennial playoff team? <laughs> oh. Championship. Oh, Embiid. I'm going Embiid. <laughs> uh, I think Yoke is still a championship player. I mean, I maybe he's not good. You need defense to win a championship. I mean, you I think need, you need you need big man defense to win a championship. We've seen that. I think with the Nuggets, that's, that's why great they point. great point. Why they were changed like last year. I think when the Nuggets worked on the playoffs last year with Jokic's defensive liabilities came Jamie Grant. And like Jamie Grant masked a lot of his defensive flaws that Jokic is not a good defender. I mean, he gets beat I mean, pretty easily. I'm, we can't even lie about that. But I think with Jokic, he just, if he's, as you said, like if MB's not good offensively. Pair alongside Bobo and the defense is fixed. Pair alongside Bobo and the defense. Bobo? Uh, he's a little too disgusting. tall. All he has to do is put his hands up exactly. and he's going to block you. to come back. I don't know. I don't know if that would ever work, but shit. I mean, if that's the case, Taco Fall is the best defender in the league. (laughs) (laughs) He has potential. Taco, I I actually like Taco. Taco, Taco is not a bad player. He could he could play a Bobon. He could play a Bobon role. Yeah, I can see that. Like play like ten, like twelve minutes a game. I can see that. I can see that. All right, that was good first versus. Uh, We're gonna go to the second versus. Uh, This is a little more interesting. I think. A lot of people have been uh, debating this recently a lot. Uh, Luca versus Harden. Um, thoughts? Oh man, I, f- I I feel like you guys are going to disagree with this one. Um, man, I'm going Luca. Hey, I I think Luca. I'm actually agreeing with that. Too. Right now, right now, obviously James Harden is a better scorer, but everything else, and you look at you look at Luca's efficiency, and you look at it, and it doesn't jump off the page. You know, he's he's not really shooting incredibly well i mean 28 percent from three is pretty bad but if you look at his teammates i i believe uh in their loss against um i forget who they were playing but uh luca it was the bulls they were playing the bulls luca posted uh it was like a 40 point triple double or something like that and uh yeah his teammates shot two for 20 from three so Goodness. it's it's not that he's taking those shots because his shot selection is poor. He's taking those shots because he has no choice. His teammates aren't hitting their shots, so he has to try and make up for the offensive load. So right now, I definitely think James Harden is a better, more efficient scorer, and that's because James Harden is a top three greatest scorer ever, and that's pretty widely universally agreed upon. But going forward into the future, if I'm building my franchise around a player, I'm building my franchise around Luka. We saw that he has the capability to show up big in the playoffs and hit those clutch shots. Even though they lost, he still put that team on his back and, you know, dragged them through that series. And, uh, you know, he's going to get more rebounds. He's going to get more assists. I think his defense can progress eventually to to being passable. Uh so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going Luca for sure. 
Yeah, and that age difference is probably like the biggest fact that I have on here. Luca's doing things that Harden only just started doing a couple years ago at like 21, you know? Like what he's doing is kind of unheard of in my opinion. He's almost averaging a triple-double already as what, a third, fourth-year player. Uh, that's nuts. He's taken the Mavs to the playoffs. He's hit probably one of the most uh, one of one of the best playoff buzzer beaters I've ever seen. That step back had like everybody I know just going crazy. It was so filthy. Yeah, he's shown that he's about it like that. Really, like unless he like unless like injuries like like kind of like harm him the rest of his career. I don't see why he can't be like this generation's goat. I mean, he's really got all the makings to be that guy. I mean, I'd love to have Harden on my team, trust me. But uh, I just think Luke is the go-to guy here once again. Yeah, no, I'm picking Luke as well. Um, and that's because, like, Shake, as everybody was talking about, the, huh? Shake's got to disagree. He's got to pick Harden, <laughs> even if he has Luke. I, re- I really want to now, but I, I, I want to just let Sammy do this. But thing. I can't. Um, no, because, okay, so... The thing with Harden and is that Luca is like not just because he can improve everybody else on the team. He's not like a whiner that Harden is slowly as you know mature to be. Like he he asks for players each season just to win a chip, but he doesn't you know get a chip at the end. And then now he goes to a the net who has Kevin Durant and you know and Kyrie Irving to win a championship. I don't know, but. Luca now the only thing that I see the difference because and everybody was talking about it you know especially Alex defense Harden does not play defense he can steal the ball but he does not play defense at all and he has shown I mean he's 32 or 31 right now and he's not going to be a defensive player at all in his career Luca can get better in that because he's only 21 or about to be turning 22 soon and so that's going to be another reason why people should take him over Harden and not to say like Harden is not a good player. He can score anytime, but during the playoffs, I just haven't seen him taking over. Like he's supposed to take over to run, you know, in, in the regular season, he's capable of, you know, scoring 60 in the, you know, in the regular season, but why can't he do that in the playoffs? Honestly, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm going to go with Luca, even though I wanted to go Harden just because everybody was going with Luca. But um, it makes me kind of depressed sometimes, not going to lie, when I figure out that Luke is the same age as me and homie's out here, like, carrying his team to playoffs and I'm out here just, you know, just doing me. <laughs> but, uh, but, it, but it's like, it's like I, I, I'm going to go with Luca because I think, as you guys have said, the age difference is crazy. And, like, Luca has so much time to, like, grow. And I don't think he's ever going to become good defensively. I mean, Luca doesn't have the tangibles to be good defensively. He's he's short armed. He's not he doesn't have the tangibles to be um athletically to be good defensively. But I think he could be, as Alex said, be, you know, average at best. Um with Luca, what I noticed between him and Harden is Harden Harden's offense seems unnatural to me. Like as in like he chooses when he wants to score and when he wants to pass. With Luca, it just seems like he knows how to run an offense and he either ch- passes or scores based on what the offense is asking for. With Harden, it's kind of like, uh, I feel like I'll pass right now and here I'll maybe shoot right now. So I don't know. I'm going to go with Luca. Luca doesn't play ISO basketball. He plays team basketball. And I don't know. I, I, I like team basketball more, even though I'm personally an ISO player. But I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Luca on this one. Um, the next versus segment um, is. Pretty uh, pretty close, in my opinion. Um, Jason Tatum versus Brandon Ingram. What are y'all thoughts on this? Uh, 
in my opinion, um, I mean, I'm going, I'm going Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is uh, 6'10". He is pretty good on defense. Uh, we've definitely seen some really good progression throughout his career on defense. Um, he has that, I mean, he's got that killer instinct that I think is really important if you're comparing players in terms of like potential for championships and things like that. And I don't want this to sound like I'm sliding Brandon Ingram at all because I really like Brandon Ingram. Um, but I think defensively, obviously you guys have realized by now how much I value defense, particularly in the playoffs. And I think that's where Jason Tatum, uh, he was really set apart from Brandon Ingram. He's also younger than Brandon Ingram, even though they're both still very young. Um, he's younger than Brandon Ingram plays better defense. Uh, I think Jason Tatum's shooting has progressed a lot as we've seen. I mean, his freshman year, he was a, a 43%. Uh, three-point shooter and he's 44 percent this year after having a slump his second year a slump his third year he's worked his way back he's averaging uh you know his highest field goal percentage um highest free throw percentage and i think brandon ingram one thing that i appreciate about him that he definitely is better at than uh jason tatum is distributing the ball i think brandon ingram is becoming an underrated playmaker uh, but I really don't like Brandon Ingram's shot selection. Uh, I've watched a lot of Pelicans game this year. He, when the game gets close and you get down to the last five to, uh, you know, three to five minutes of the game, he is chucking. He's playing hero ball, uh, really, really bad shot selection. And I think that's one thing I appreciate about Jason Tatum. And to be fair, Jason Tatum has had the benefit of playing, in my opinion, with better uh better players this year. He's got Jalen Brown uh, to play with. And I think uh, Marcus Smart is a really high IQ and great defensive player as well as a playmaker. So Jason Tatum has that benefit. Uh, and Brandon Ingram, you know, they've struggled this year. It's no secret. They're definitely underwhelming. But uh, long term, I'm taking Jason Tatum. I think you can build a team around Jason Tatum and you'll win a championship. Yeah, I'm taking JT too, and I didn't really think this was close, to be honest. I think, um, I mean, when I was doing the research, uh, Tatum literally has Ingram's number in every statistical category that's positive. So, I mean, I feel like uh, numbers never lie one, but uh, I'm a huge Brandon Ingram fan nonetheless. I love his game. Uh, I do think he does have the potential to be the better defender between the two. You know, he's got like those go-go gadget arms that like, literally grab anything in sight. Yeah, exactly. He's got a freaking like bird wingspan out here, but he's got that. Uh, like you said, his playmaking is improving a ton. And with a team like the Pelicans with like Zion and Zoe and the way that their offense, the way their offense should run, you know, he'd be a lot better, but Stan Van Gunny doesn't really like that. Uh, that Lonzo ball, fast pace, get out and transition offense. He likes the half court, set up the plays, all that. So I feel like that's kind of holding back Ingram, Zoe, Zion, to be honest. But that's another story. But yeah, I think Tatum is kind of just a better player overall right here. You said it best. He's younger than him. And he's doing much better than him. Yeah, I'm taking JT as well. I mean, both of you guys said it. He's the, you know, younger, but I mean, his coaching has helped him too because Jason Brandon Ingram had to transition from the Lakers to the Pelicans and the Pelicans didn't really have a great coach. And um, I don't want to butcher his name, so I'm not going to say his name. Uh, like his name too. What's his name? I forgot. Brad, are you talking about the coach, Brad Stevens? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The Pelicans head old head coach. What's his name? I forgot. Oh, Alvin Gentry? Alvin Gentry. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, that guy sucks. Uh, that guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, nothing. It's not Brandon Ingram's fault, but he's definitely shown improvement. 
But one one area that you you know that stands out on what Alex said was like his hero ball. That he 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 forces a you know he forces a shot, um, especially like you know contested shots where you should have passed the ball more. He's definitely gotten better with assists, but um, I just like Jason Tatum's game. If we're just talking about you know fans in general and who would you rather watch instead of their game, I'd rather take JT all day every day because he's smooth with it. And you know his idol was Kobe Bryant, and so he he idolized Kobe. And Kobe, he's definitely different than Kobe. Because Kobe, in the you know, early age, he wasn't as nearly as good as what JT is. Um, but JT is showing that he's capable of, you know, in the next two years, being the face of that Celtics. And that could be a hot take because, you know, Brown's playing absolutely great b-ball. So, um, but I'm taking JT. We should have done Brown versus Tatum right here. Oh, oh man. I, Alex, I would have brought, brought the receipts, man. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly with this one, I think it's, I, I'm gonna go with Jason Tatum. Um, as you guys have said, I think Tatum just has an all around game. Even though I think Brandon Ingram has more potential defensively because of his long arms, as Max has said, like he has all the tools to become an insanely good defender. And I think he eventually maybe will become one. I think he shows more effort on the defensive side. I think he's more focused on offense now. But with Jason Tatum, he just He's just, he's that he's that go to guy. He's like that. He has that it factor that I don't think Brandon Ingram has. Like he like although like if I, I've I've watched a, I've read a lot of Reddit posts and stuff. Like people thought that um, Celtics fans thought that Jason Tatum like takes the dumbest. He's people think that he has a bad shot selection actually. Jason Tatum because he takes like step back threes to win the he game. Talk him up a ton, yeah. Yeah, he, he takes like like he took a step back three against the Pacers, remember, and he missed it to win the game, and mm-hmm. he missed it. Um, but what I noticed was if you guys watched the game last night, it was uh Celtics versus 76ers. I don't know if you guys watched it, but um uh Jason Tatum obviously didn't play, but they needed that go-to score in Jason Tatum in those clutch moments, and Marcus Smart was the one trying to become that hero ball, and it was just awful to watch, honestly. I mean, they just needed Jason Tatum because Jason Tatum they get instant buckets from and it was just it was just ugly to watch Marcus Smart chucking up shots like he's Jason Tatum. It was just I'm gonna go with Jason Tatum. He's, he's just better. I mean, he has the it factor. Devin Book, I mean not Devin Booker. Uh, Brendan Ingram is just—he's good offensively, and I think he still has a lot of potential. But Jason Tatum, I think he's a player you can build around uh, definitely. Um, the last versus um, t- uh, players that we're gonna have in the segment—I don't know if this is close because I mean it's, it depends on your opinion on one of these players. Uh, ben Simmons versus Devin Booker. Um, thoughts? Uh. I've given up on on Ben Simmons. Um, uh, I'm done. I, I can't. I tried. I tried to see what everyone saw, and he is a fa- a phenomenal defensive player. Let's not get get distracted from that. He is really really good on defense, but the fact that he is a point uh, point forward, uh, he's playing point guard right now. The fact that he is a point guard who cannot shoot the ball. He's trying this year. And I always thought uh, I was of the opinion last year, if you shoot it, you're pro- he's probably going to start making them uh, this year. He's not making them. Uh, he's, he's tried to stretch the floor a little bit, um, even out to the mid range and he can't make it. He just can't. He, he does not have a shot. It's, it's not good. And even his playmaking, his assist to turnover ratio um, isn't, great it's about uh it's about two to one which is all right but uh i definitely think it could be better so he's a great playmaker he's a great defender uh but his rebounding is 
you know, for someone who's six ten, um, obviously his role isn't to get boards, but uh, I'm just I'm unimpressed with him. I think Devin Booker uh, has a higher in terms of who's going to win a championship as the guy on a team. Uh, obviously Ben Simmons has Embiid and I think Ben Simmons probably has better players around him right now. Uh, I think he's probably got a better coach around him. Um, but Devin Booker, if I'm picking a guy that I want to drag me through the playoffs and try to win a championship, if I have to choose between those two, I'm choosing Devin Booker. Um, and right now for me, in my opinion, it's not particularly close. I know everyone's like, Oh, Ben Simmons, uh, he's averaging, you know, 12, 8, and 8. It's not just about scoring. You're right, but at the end of the day, you're going to need that scoring to to win, and if you want to be the guy on a team, you got to get buckets. You can't average 12 points. Lonzo Ball averages 12 points per game. You can't oh, score the God. Not Lonzo. The Lonzo comparison. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Uh, shout out the kid from Michigan, D-Book, uh, hometown reppin'. Uh, ben Simmons has actually... He's gotten worse offensively. He's putting up his lowest points per game that he's ever had. He went from 16 to 17, down to 16. Now he's at 12 and a half. I mean, that's not very good. Uh, People have been saying it a bunch lately. Everybody thinks that he really has degressed or stayed stagnant in terms of his uh, development. Obviously, the defense is there. But, I mean, Ben Simmons is still the same player that he is when he came into the league. You can't say that about D-Book. D-Book has shown improvement on pretty much every end of the game every single year. And obviously his scoring is down this year, but that's expected due to CP3 coming over and improving everybody around him as well as taking some shots away from Booker. But, I mean, they they average like the same in terms of uh, turnover to assist ratio. Uh in terms of war, Devin Booker is better than Ben Simmons, and that's a baseball stat that I used to kind of help me with these two because at first when I was doing the research, it was really close. I thought that I may have went with Simmons just because of uh, the defensive side of things because he's really making a difference this year. But, um, you know, he's just really not evolving, whereas D-Book is getting better every year. And uh, back on the war thing, that's wins above replacement. So that tells you how much a player would win or how much a player's team would win if they weren't on the team. And so the league leader is Jokic with 3.6 as a reference point. And D-Book has a war of 0.6 while Simmons has a war of 0.4. So, I mean, he just slightly beats him out, but uh, I think book is the right one in this case. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm going with deep book as well. And that's, it's not even close as everybody's been saying It's with me. I don't, I'm not a big uh, statistical or analytic guy. I'm more of like what my eyes, you know, see in the game. And I mean, in the first two years, it was, you know, Simmons, it was okay for him not to shoot the ball. You know, a lot of people gave him the respect because he could attack. Now in the last two years, I, they're not even respecting him, man. You, they legit have 10 feet of like, you know, space for that man to just shoot it. And I mean, to be honest, like as a point guard, you're having what close to four turnovers you're shooting. I mean, you're only scoring 13 points. Um, the only reason you're still kind of relevant is because your defense and that, and, and beat is carrying your team basically. And if, and I, you know, that's the other thing where, you know, what Shaq was saying to Mitchell, um, Donovan uh, Mitchell is that D book first wasn't a able wasn't a great passer. 
each season, as I'm looking at right now, he's gotten better with his passing and his, you know, improvement. And his turnover is not as great. He can improve on that. But still, like, he's shown improvement on areas that he needed to grow. And he's still young. I think he's only 24, about to turn 25, where Ben Simmons, I think, the same age or kind of. And he's shown regression as a player. And so, as a point guard, if I – and in that question, what I use is, like, how I say, like, who I'd rather, you know, start a franchise with. And back in the day, everybody was picking Simmons over MB because he, he's a point guard. He can defend or something. Um, they saw improvement. He can get a shot. But now I see that if the 76ers did trade for Embiid to, you know, keep Ben Simmons, that would have been the, wrong, the worst thing they could have ever done because Ben Simmons is not showing any improvement where Embiid on Doc, uh, Doc Rivers um, as a coach, he's showing MVP as a player. And so um, – I'm going with D book because he's he's been doing it for a while. He's been in the league for at least five six years. It's showing improvement. I mean, as you guys everybody has said, I mean, I don't have Devin Booker. I mean, I think it's pretty. I mean, it's unanimous. Un, un except un, I don't know, unanimous. I don't yeah, know what you, you, name, you name it is. I don't know. Unanimous. What I'm saying. You, you oh, got no. that, that word. Except, okay, that word. That word specifically. I, <laughs> I can't say it. But um. Well, the Sumi right there. The you yeah, word. <laughs> It Marquee would be Cheryl. I hey hey chill chill chill. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that word is for everybody else except 76ers fans because 76ers fans are just they're biased. They're the true. worst. They're the, I mean if you look on Twitter they're just crazy biased. But mm-hmm. um just going off Ben Simmons I mean as Max said he's been the same player his rookie year. I mean other than def- like defensively he's improved really well. I mean I would say that. But I just don't like Ben Simmons as like even like a person to be honest I, I think he's way too cocky for what he is he's extremely cocky for no reason whatsoever Devin Booker is humble he he goes out there and improves his game he knows what he has to do to get better and like everybody's been saying like Ben Simmons has to shoot and be become a better shooter and this man just like hiding that from us like bro just shoot the fucking ball dude honestly like like why are you like being such a pussy I hate that shit I hate that shit like bro just shoot the ball like stop like Making us guess, oh, are you gonna shoot the ball or he's not gonna shoot the ball? Oh, like it's a highlight when he shoots a three. Like it's fucking Yeah. It's it's it should weapon. It shouldn't be a highlight that he's shooting a three. I hate that shit. Like bro is just so weird. Him airballing a three, exactly, bro. I was that like it's sad where like Ben Simmons shooting a three and making it is like a highlight. Like, bro, just shoot it. Come on. Giannis is shooting it and he's trash at it, but he's at least taking it. Like, yeah, you gotta yeah. like, I mean, he's better. Exactly. Like, I mean, Giannis is air balls, like mid ranges and everything, but he's at least willing to shoot it. I mean, I give him respect for that. Benson is not even, he's taking five attempts this year. Sure. It's like a lot for him because it's five, 15 games, but five attempts, like, bro, like, come on now, shoot the ball. Like, this is just, uh, this is embarrassing. Like, just I mean, shoot the ball. With the Giannis reference, Giannis looks more confident in his shot because he pulls it up. Ben Simmons is like, and that thing is ugly. To be honest, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I was about to say, I don't be. really think Simmons' shot is ugly, man. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's ugly, ugly either. It's just yeah. weird though. He looks uncomfortable. It's not the form. I don't know. With Giannis, it looks like he's like pulling it and like, re- yeah. like he's winding it. I don't know. With Ben Simmons, I think his shot looks better. But he just his like mental is just like he doesn't like he just like wants to keep us guessing for another like ten years. Then he's gonna start shooting threes like like he's gonna like do a Brook Lopez where Brook Lopez becomes a shooter in the end of his career or something. I don't know honestly. I just think 
Devin Booker is better in every aspect except defensively. Um, Devin Booker is an easy choice here. Um, that ends the versus segment specifically, but um, this next topic is uh, actually really interesting in my opinion. Uh, so Lavar Ball, I think it was I don't know if it's this morning or yesterday when he said this, but um, he said that my boys are not freaking role players. Um, referencing to Lamelo not starting, and because he got 17 minutes last night when he's averaging like 25. So, what are your thoughts on this? Like Lavar saying that. First of all, uh, one of your sons is a role player. Uh, Lonzo Ball is being talked about at this point in his career as a 3 and D wing. And I honestly see that at this point. Uh, definitely still able to play make and stuff. But Lonzo's ceiling, in my opinion, at this point is a role player. He's never going to be a go-to scorer. He's never going to be a championship point guard. Um, sorry, LeVar. You're going to have to deal with it. He's a role player. Um, LeVar crying. You know, you'll have, a, you'll have a good NBA career. He'll make a lot of money. He's a role player. Mike Sorry. Uh, LaMelo, on the other hand, uh, I agree. LaMelo 100% should be sh- starting. Uh, I think the only reason that he's not right now is because his efficiency you know, isn't really uh, incredible. He's shooting 32% from three and 40% from the field. Not awful, not great for a rookie, um, but he's doing really, really well uh, in other areas. He play, He's playing... You know, he's playing great defense for a rookie. Um, he's getting six and a half rebounds per game, six assists per game. He's only turning it over 2.3 times per game. He's getting a steal and a half per game. I mean, he's almost getting as many steals per game as Ben Simmons. So, uh, you know, I definitely think that LaMelo should be starting. I think they'd probably win more games uh, if he was starting and getting the minutes that uh, Devontae Graham has been getting lately. Um, you know, I agree with LeVar. I think he needs to keep his mouth shut. Because uh, I think that just hurts, you know, his his, uh, his son's credibility and uh, rep- rapport with the front office and the coaching staff. Uh, it's not a great look. And I, one thing I do appreciate about Lavar Ball is he's gotten every single one of his sons uh, an NBA contract. So mad props to him. That's awesome. Uh, you know, props to him for being a good father and involved in their lives. But at this point, you know, they're adults now, man. Let them do their thing. Don't pull a Marvin Bagley's dad and start interfering with everything. <laughs> and, you know, he was quiet for a while. And I think people were, I think people appreciate uh, both of these guys more when they don't have to hear from LeVar Ball about him every cu- couple of months. So, um, you know, should LaMelo be starting? Yeah, but we don't need to hear from LeVar Ball about it because as we've seen, he's not the most educated when it comes to basketball. Yeah, he really has nowhere to be talking. I mean, he never even. <laughs> So, um, I mean, Leangelo's in the G League and Zoe is playing like Zoe. So, yeah, you're right. The only one that shouldn't be on the bench is LaMelo. I mean, it's LeVar. It's really nothing new. I just don't take anything he says to heart, really. I mean, at this point, we've already all been there before. It's just LeVar saying bullshit per usual. I mean, the only thing I'm going to say is just let your boys play. That's it. NBA knows how to, you know, they know how to manage, you know, people. They know what talent is. You don't have to tell them. Every dad wants their kid to be a starter. But are they? No. So let them just, just let them play. Because you basically, you don't want to do the same thing that you did to Lonzo on LaMelo. Because that's a bad rep. And then he got traded. So do you want that to happen again? I don't think so, LaVar. Just, just shut up, bro. Not thinking about it, as Alex has mentioned, um, 
I think we should have maybe done the versus segment Ben Simmons versus Lamelo. Honestly, I mean that would have been more uh, <laughs> that would have been more controversial than Ben Simmons versus. That's disrespectful, Luka. though. I don't. Hey, we want we want people we want people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> we don't want them to hate us. <laughs> I honestly think that would have been more <laughs> similar. <laughs> to be honest, hey, I'm just saying, bro. 76 fans are gonna come at us. Hey, hey, that's good, bro. We get we get we get canceled. So we're, we're getting canceled. <laughs> God damn it! But I, 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 I mean, regarding this topic, I think Lamelo is the only like out of his sons, like this Jello, obviously too. He's the only one that I think could become a superstar. I mean, he is putting up like it's twelve points a game, six I think six rebounds and like six assists a game, and one point five steals. That's impressive for a rookie coming off the bench. And you said he was a fit. Like Alex, you were talking about his efficiency being bad, and like that's probably why he isn't starting. He is shooting 40% from the field, which isn't good, and 32% from three-point line, which isn't good at all. But Devontae Graham is shooting 33% from the field and 33% from three-point line. That man is starting. And I never liked Devontae Graham's game either, to be honest. I honestly didn't even like his game last season because I thought he was just like a – I thought he was a ball hog. And he just like just shot way too many shots. And he was inefficient too. He shot 39% from the field. And people when people were considering him most improved, I kind of didn't see it at all. And I don't know. Anyways, I think they should trade Devontae Graham and start LaMelo. I mean, LaVar, I think he should stay quiet. But I respect that he's so passionate about his son. I mean, about his sons. Like he's always in their lives. And even though he says too many things sometimes, I respect that he like he's so like supportive of his sons i mean i, I really do respect that of, of, of him i mean i mean like nobody like we all nobody disrespects uh lavar is just that he just <laughs> needs to shut up and yeah you know, yeah, yeah. That, i mean his son <laughs> is just a rookie you know he's just yeah. a rookie man um the hornets i mean they're not the greatest franchise you want your son to be playing for um as even most rookies like, don't start though huh most, most rookies don't start yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, true. Um, but I mean, I just don't. I just don't like why he would have to say it right now. I mean, he could. I mean, for every reason, he could have injured. Just you know, yesterday's game maybe. But I mean, just let your kids play. I mean, they've been playing basketball forever. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I'm angry with honestly everything everybody said. Um, going to the next topic. Um, this one's been a pretty good topic. Um, uh, discussion recently. People have been talking about it a lot. On the Knicks defense, it's ranked number one in points allowed, number one in opponents' field goal percentage, number one in three-point uh, opponent percentage, and number one and uh, number four in defensive rating. What are y'all thoughts on the Knicks defense? And you know, what thoughts on that? So when you say number one, you don't mean the most points allowed. You mean the least points allowed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. points allowed is okay, like number gotcha. one points allowed. Yeah, not yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, that confused me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> man, King Julius. Julius Randle is changing the Knicks franchise. Um, in all seriousness, this is this is the uh, this is the Tibbs effect. Um, he's he's for all the crap that he gets. Um, he's a great coach. At the end of the day, Tibbs is a great coach, and uh, you know he literally broke off an engagement that he had uh, because ball is life for him. He literally said, "I'm focusing on basketball," and he you know sacrificed getting married for for the game. And, uh, you know, it shows he can. Yeah. Respect to that. Um, all before hose. Is that, is, that whoa, whoa. <laughs> is, that, is that the new, whoa. Hey, is it's 2020. New we cannot, 2021. We can't use that word. Yeah. All before 
engagements? You mean the water hose, right? We're going to get canceled. Uh, I don't We're going to get canceled. God damn, I got to. <laughs> you mean the water hose, right? <laughs> but uh, but uh, Tibbs, yeah, he's he's a good coach. And, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett is, is a good defensive player. Julius Randle is, is proven to be a solid defensive player. You know, these guys aren't bad. Um, it's not like they have a bunch of scrubs on their team. It's not like uh, they're an awful team. It's just they didn't really have a good coach last year. Um, they kind of were just running around out there like chickens with their heads cut off. And this year they've got a competent coach. I mean, we saw we saw uh, Tibbs make Minnesota a playoff team for the first time since the Kevin Garnett era. Obviously, you had Jimmy Butler on the team. The Chicago Bulls, look at how great of a team they were. Uh, really, really good on defense. And he's doing the same with the Knicks, so hats off to him. Uh, they're earning their stripes right now. Um, I think they're sitting at the eighth seed, so I'm impressed. The Knicks are the Knicks are slowly clawing their way out of being a poverty franchise. So good for them. Yeah, this is just Tommy T doing what he does best, man. Uh, that's his calling card around the league, and it always has been. It's just defense. Um, I think it's even more impressive, though, if you look at the guys that he's looking with. I mean, really, aside from Mitchell Robinson, who would you think of as like a go-to defender on that team? He's kind of the guy uh, holding it all down. Uh, he's finally getting some defense out of Julius Randle. He's been a guy who in the past has always upset people because he's shown the potential to be a competent defender, a good defender, but he just has never put in the effort. And so now Tom's getting that effort out of him. And RJ, RJ's being a good wing defender. I mean, that was kind of what he was known for back in college. It was like a 3 and D type wing. You can make his own shot, but uh, it's obviously being improved with Tom Thibodeau. So, yeah, I mean – Tommy T. He's just running the show in New York, man. New York Tom. I mean, yeah. I mean, Tom Thibodeau. I mean, I'm a Bulls fan, so I watched uh, almost all of the games when he was coaching them. I mean, he has players – like, he makes players better. He's one of those type of coaches. So, I mean, he does force a lot of pressure on his players. Um, but in the end of the day, they win. They go to the playoffs. Um, besides the Timberwolves, I think they still went to the playoffs that year because they had Jimmy Buckets. Um, and one thing that Tom Thibodeau doesn't like, one thing that Tom Thibodeau's team do kind of struggle is offensively, which is the Knicks are right now currently struggling with their offense kind of sometimes. They're not really that consistent with, but I mean, they're consistent with their defense. And I mean, their coaching on Tom Thibodeau is basically the main reason. And I mean, King Julius, as Alex said, <laughs> he's a factor, Julius. man, he's a factor. Um, I think it's just a change of scenario. And then uh, the Knicks franchise has been long waited. I mean, has lo- waited for a long time to get this, um, you know, back to where they wanted to be. So good for them, though. I mean, the Knicks, uh, they've been probably one of the biggest surprises this season so far. I mean, I can't, we can't even lie about that. Nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs. I mean, sure, they thought they were going to be like, I don't know, maybe, okay, maybe a like 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 a bottom feeder. People always thought they were gonna be bottom feeder, and like no one thought they're gonna be contenders. I mean, no one thinks they're gonna be contenders. I still, I mean, obviously not. But no one even thought they're gonna be a playoff team. I mean, what Thibs is getting out of that team is crazy. I mean, they Thibs his usage of his players is kind of weird. Like he gives them like high minutes and stuff. He's known for that, but like he gets like every single th- like every like every single like part. I don't know how to word this. Like as much as he can in those minutes out of those players, like on offense and defense. And it's, it's, I mean, it's showing on the Knicks. I mean, they're not that good offensively. They don't really have, honestly, 
that many good offensive players or defensive players. I don't know how they're number one defense, to be honest. Mitchell Robinson's the only good defender or plus defender I can think of on that team. But um, I don't know. I, I also do want to say, I, whenever I think of Julius Randle, I just I just have to say this. Like I always remember, when, I don't know if you guys remember, Ennis Cantor. He like oh. made the, he made that that comment that uh, Zion Williamson is Julius Randle with Hobbs. Ever since then, Julius Randle has been good. So I just want to say that. Hey, hey. I just want, I just wanted to say. That. Hey, props to Cantor, man. Hey, props to him. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what's that's what happened to um like like Cantor will be the no, Shaq will be the Cantor. Yeah, Shaq or Mitchell, yeah. Yeah, there you go, there you go. I don't know if that. I don't know if be comparing Shaq and Cantor is gonna go well, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, I th- I think the Knicks are gonna become like the eight seed or seventy somehow. One question though, do you guys think? I mean, they're gonna sustain this. I think they yes, will. because of because of Thibs, yeah, yeah. I think they will. I think they will. Because I'd like to see them. I I would like to see New York be in the playoffs. If I'm being honest, if- I think they'll. I think they'll make the plan. I think they'll make the plan. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. All right. Um, going to the next topic. Um, we do talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, the Jazz hot streak. They're on a seven game win streak right now, and they are the number two seed. I think they're still number two seed, and they're eleven and four. Do you guys think this will be sustainable? I mean, thoughts. Uh, I think it will. I mean, the Jazz are a p- perpetually good team. Like we've known this for the past few years. I mean, they're always making the playoffs. They're you know every now and then they'll upset someone like OKC. So uh, they're getting the most. I think one of the biggest X factors here is uh, they're getting the most out of Mike Conley right now. Mike Conley is shooting forty one percent from three. Uh, he's averaging sixteen points per game, six assists, uh, a steal and a half. Uh, Mike Conley is looking like the Mike Conley we're used to. Um, obviously, he's not getting as much usage as he was in Memphis because he's got Donovan Mitchell on his team. Um, but having him as the point guard and allowing Donovan Mitchell to play more off ball has been huge for them. Their offense is like, I don't think people are giving them as much credit as it deserves because everyone looks at the Jazz and they always think, oh, it's a defensive-oriented team. Their offense is lethal. I was watching the game against the Pelicans and they just picked apart uh, the Pelicans defense, not that the Pelicans are some uh, defensive powerhouse, but right. uh, you know, the jazz are really, really good. And I hate to say it. And it's kind of making me mad that I'm about <laughs> to say this. Rudy Gobert is looking pretty good. Uh, <laughs> he seems to be doing a little bit more on offense. They're running the pick and roll more uh, with him. And he's, you know, I saw him catch a nasty lob from Mike Conley. And I was like, you know, props to him. That was that was a nice play. That was a nice backdoor cut. Um, good for him. Uh, and I would love for Rudy Gobert to prove me wrong because I like the Jazz. I think they're a good franchise. I really like their coach, uh, Quinn Snyder. Um, uh, really, really good coach. And uh, I like Donovan Mitchell because I'm a Louisville guy. Um, I definitely agree with some of the criticisms in his game, and I think they're definitely warranted. But uh, you know, the Jazz are good. They're definitely liable to upset some teams this year. I mean, they're going to be fighting for the best record in the NBA soon, no doubt. And, uh, you know, it's time they get the respect they deserve. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're playing great right now, but I honestly don't think that this is going to last. Um, they're kind of a good regular season team that they've that, that they've had like the past couple of seasons at least. Uh, I really don't know who else they have that's going to be that player to really help them you know, make that next playoff step, you know, they have Donovan Mitchell. He's obviously their star, 
Mike Conley's not going to help. I really don't think that he's going to be able to get them to the next level. I don't think Rudy Gobert is going to be able to. Uh, I mean, Jordan Clarkston, he's playing like the sixth man of the year right now. He's probably been one of their, um, he's definitely one of their better players right now. But I don't know. I just don't feel like the Jazz can make anything happen in the playoffs this year. I just feel like the West is too loaded. and I don't think that they have enough star power to make it to the next level. Yeah, no, um, I agree with um, what Max said. Like, I don't – it's great that they're in a seven-game win streak, and but do I see them being the number two seed? I don't think so. Do I see them making the playoffs? Yes. But are they going to be able to, like, make an upset? Maybe, like, maybe like the Lakers, Clippers, or even the Nuggets who are going to – they're going to face if they end up with the seven, six spot. I just don't see besides Donovan Mitchell another player because they don't have cash space. I'm coming back to like the money, dude. Like the money is so much money. It's two hundred and five million dollars for a guy that averages eleven points and maybe gets a couple boards. I mean, come on. Like I, I just don't see them able to get more pieces to help out my uh, Donovan. That's why I think that could be one of the reasons why maybe Shaq was like, hey. You need to put more pressure on yourself just to, you know, maybe uh, score the rock even higher rate or something because he know, he kind of maybe he knows that they're not going to get any more you know, help or maybe he knows that it's up to Donovan because he's he is their star player as Conley as you know, as Conley has been shooting the ball better from last season and they want they picked Conley to be the upgrade of uh, Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio, exactly. Yeah. And Ricky Rubio has like, you know, he was inconsistent with his shooting and um, he hot streak, but Mike Conley last season wasn't that. He did struggle with his shot, uh, but so far into this season, he's better at his three point and field goal percentage. And may, do I sustain? I mean, can he sustain it? Yes, but can he in the playoffs, like, you know, have the load of like the second option? I just don't he know, looked, man. He so, looked better in the playoffs last year than he did huh? in the regular season. Yeah, Mike yeah, Conley has I'm always saying, been I'm better in the playoffs. His, like, I'm not questioning his ability. I'm just saying, like, it's uh, do I see them being a, like a top, you know, top, the top, one of the top teams in the you know NBA in the West? I just don't know because of the help. Um, I think I'm gonna agree with Alex. I'm gonna disagree with Sumi and Max on this one. I think it's gonna be sustainable. Um, with the Jazz, I don't know if you guys remember last year. Um, before last year started, when they traded for Mike Conley, uh, I think it was I think it was last year when they traded for Mike Conley before last season started. A lot of People like I was watching. Uh, I remember around that time I was watching Skip ba- Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. They were talking about how Jazz could be like you know one of the top teams in the Western Conference, and they're finally showing that this season. I think and people, I, you guys, I've not mentioned this one player, and it's kind of making me mad because he's a former Pacer, Boyan Bogdanovich. He is an underrated player. They might average twenty points a game last season. We cannot forget that. I mean, he was averaging twenty last season. Sure, he didn't. I think honestly, if he they had him in the playoffs, they would have won the Nuggets series. They didn't have him in the playoffs. He was, he was averaging 20 points a game. He was taking the pressure off of um, Donovan Mitchell. And Mike Conley was playing crash. They were the sixth seed last season. And I think they could, I'm not going to say they're going to stay the number two seed. I mean, there's the Clippers and the Lakers, obviously. And I, don't, I expect the Nuggets to eventually become good again. I don't know if it will happen. But I think the Jazz can stay around the third or fourth seed. Um, they were the sixth seed last season. I don't think they'll be number two seed as they are right now. But they're definitely going to be good. I think they have so much talent on that team. And also like Jordan Clarkson as a six man. I mean, I think the Cavaliers gave him up for way too less, to be honest, last season. Um but I think 
they have so much talent on the team. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, Rudy Gobert. I think like Royce O'Neal starts at power forward, I think, or Joe Ingles. I don't know which one starts, but yeah, like everyone, everyone's saying that they don't have depth and that they don't have enough support, uh, enough of a supporting cast. And I'm like, you have Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Boyan, Derek Favors, Royce O'Neal, even yeah. Georges Niang is playing really well. You got Joe. Do they have two all stars on their team? How many all stars do you need? <laughs> You've got Mike Conley. Mike Conley is the borderline all star player. Jordan Clarkson's a six man candidate. He's never made an all star. He's still a borderline all star game player. Still a borderline all star. No Mike, doubt. I don't think Mike Conley is. Mike Conley is, is definitely a, a fringe. He, his whole good, career, he has been a fringe all star. I think Mike Conley in his, his whole career, he has. I think Michael in his prime, he's probably an all-star. I don't know if he's in his prime. I don't think he's. I think he's out of his prime, to be honest. I don't think. Oh, he's, yeah, he's thirty-three. He's he's getting older. So, yeah, so I, what, I, what what do you guys think is going to take the Jazz to the next level? What do you think is going to help them this year that they didn't have last Boyan, year? Boyan, a twenty-point per yeah, game score. Yeah, I, I think Boyan is going to be Boyan is excellent. Nobody's talking about. I, I, he's not having that good of a season so far, but. I think it's he's gonna take it. He's gonna take off. I mean, in the later half of the season. Certainly with Boyan and Conley, is they're just a little older. I can see their I can see the the rust starting to catch up on them, especially with that you know that late run that they had last year that they just got over. I mean, are they gonna be able to be able to play at this level all season? Like Mike Conley, you know how you're talking about him. Is he gonna be able to be this consistent all year? He's getting older. He's coming off of a long run. Boyan was just hurt. He's going to be playing another full season. He's 31. I mean, 31 isn't super old, but definitely isn't yeah. young. I don't know. I think with, honestly, one thing that scares me on the Jazz, I don't think, I don't know if they had, like, I don't know if they can win the championship. They do have a lot of depth. They could surprise us and win a championship. I honestly see them, like, doing that. But then one thing that scares me is their health, to be honest. Like, Boyan and, like, Mike Conley has been injured a couple of times in the past couple of years. I can't forget that. I mean, he only played 12 games in 2017 and played 47 games in the last year. I mean, again, there was, I mean, the Corona and everything, but I mean, I think, I think in the end of the day, I think they're going to be um, a pr- really good team. They're going to be a really good team. And I think they're going to surprise a lot of people because no one really thinks jazz is a contender. There was thinking the Lakers, the Clippers or the Nuggets and the Western conference. Nobody really talks about like the jazz, but I think, they had so many expectations last season with Mike Conley because I remember when they traded Mike traded for Mike Conley and got a boy in McDonough, they were considering them as a number two C in the Western Conference. Like I heard a lot of people saying that. But I think after like a season of like failed expectations, they're gonna they're proving this season that they are that team. They have all the depth, they have the pieces. Sure, they don't have the superstars like you would need maybe for a championship, but they have all the pieces to be a championship team. Um, going into the last segment of the day, or yeah, last segment, I guess you could call it. Um, the next big trade, who do you guys have as like, who do you think is going to be the next big trade? Like who, which player will be the next big trade? Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously like the, the answer that a lot of people are floating around right now is Zach Levine. Um, I definitely think that's a possibility. Uh, we haven't heard much from him about what his, um, kind of thoughts are on the situation in Chicago. So, uh, who knows? It could be him. I think Bradley Beal is a possibility. I think Washington is kind of at a crossroads here where you have to decide, um, do you want to keep trying to put things together? Or are you just going to enter another rebuild that they've supposedly been in for the past, you know, three or four years. Um, and then I think one that's not really like a blockbuster trade or anything like that, um, is Patrick Beverly. 
uh, I could definitely see the Clippers trying to flip a player like Patrick Beverly for, for, you know, a better piece. Um, obviously they don't have a lot of picks to work with right now, but, uh, I think if you package Patrick Beverly with, with another player, um, you could possibly get another piece on your roster that can kind of, you know, elevate your, your ceiling. So, uh, yeah, those three guys really are the, are the only ones I think are, are truly disgruntled with their situations. But um, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, so um, the first two couple guys I had were uh, Lowry and Kemba. I've been talking about them a lot so far this year. Uh, Lowry, I think, is going to get traded just for the sake of the Raptors, just so they can get some return on this year. Uh, maybe some trade pieces or some nice young pieces. And Kemba, because... Uh, He's just not a fit with Bray, with Brown and Tatum anymore. But I think that the next big one is going to be John Collins. Um, we've been hearing a lot recently that he's had his issues with uh, Trey Young and like the way that things are going there. And the fact that the, uh, the Hawks offered him a four-year 90 mil contract, I believe, before the season. But he wants that super max deal. So I don't think he's going to come back to Atlanta unless they give him that deal. And if they didn't do it before this season, then like, I don't know, why would they now, especially with the way that he's playing? So um, just a couple of landing spots I was thinking. Um, uh, I was thinking maybe to Charlotte for like PJ Washington and maybe some picks, uh, you know, giving a young player to another young core and getting a young good piece back with some more picks, some more picks. Um, I was thinking maybe a bonus swap with Indy, although I don't really see that. Hell happening. to the no. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that would happen. I just want to say that. <laughs> But I think it would be a fun team with Karis LeVert, Miles Turner, and John Collins. That'd be a fun team to watch. But ah, yeah. yeah. But then uh, I think the place that I want to see him go is to OKC. Obviously, they have all that draft capital. And uh, I think him, Shea, and Ludor would be a good, a good tandem for the future. Um, another another couple spots I thought that he could end up were uh, Sacktown, getting Marvin Bagley out of there and maybe tossing in like some other pieces, but Marvin Bagley really isn't the return that John Collins is. And then uh, maybe Randall for Collins, you know, the Hawks had playoff hopes. So maybe they're still shooting for that hopes and uh, they go after the MIP front runner, Julius Randall. But yeah, I really just don't know where his landing spot will eventually be, but I think John Collins is going to be the next guy out. A great point, Max. Um, the, some of the trades are very, like, you know, reasonable. I think the well, the trade that I see that I want to happen is Lonzo for uh, Patrick Beverly. Um, I really want to see that happen because Lonzo is, you know, they can, you know, the Clippers, I don't know what they would have to give up for for Lonzo because, I mean, I think the Pelicans would ask for a lot or some decent return. But, you know, Bradley Beal is another player that, you know, I don't know if he wants to get traded or not, but could be that another piece to another, you know, championship team that wants to win this season. Um, Kyle Lowry is another good point, but the the one that I think that's going to be more reasonable is either Bradley Beal or Lonzo. I don't know. And I want to see Lonzo in the Clippers uniform just because, I mean, it's a good fit for whatever he does for the team. He's a 3 and D, as Alex said, and he can, he's a great passer. He's taller. He can, he's not a, maybe not a great defender as Patrick Beverly, but he, I know he, and he doesn't talk, huh? He's a damn good defender. Lonzo is a good defender, and he's I definitely think, better than Patrick. I Beverly. think he's better than Patrick Beverly. I think Patrick Beverly is more like I fight. Think, than I think uh, Shake was like uh, one time he was talking about uh, what's called sex. Uh, what's called Sexton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, about the way he looks, where he like he's more scary in defense. 
than yeah. Pat. I think, I think that's Patrick the same Beverly, with Patrick Beverly. Yeah, so I think Patrick Beverly is more of like that talker, and that's pretty much it. He's very, I don't know what's his height, but I think he's under six feet. I think so he's six one. So the, yeah, so that's a big. I mean, that's a, already there. I mean, for point guards now who are taller, like coming at six six or anything. So I think Lonzo could be that fit for the Clippers. Uh, I'm gonna go with Zach Levine. I, I mean, honestly, I like what everybody said. I'm gonna go with Zach Levine. Uh, even though the Bulls are actually on a, their first three game win streak, I think in a while. Sure. <laughs> I think um, Zach Levine's gonna be the next one out. Um, He's shown that he's unhappy with the team. He hates losing. I mean, uh, it's bold. I mean, they're they're they've been trashed for a while. I mean, I did like the I, I did like the hiring of um the OKC head coach Bill. I think it's Brad, Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. Yeah, I did like I did like the signing of Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan's not like a championship coach. I don't think so. But he's a good coach to like you know develop exactly exactly. And um, Zach Levine. I think I could see him on the 76ers. I mean, like a big trade where like the 76ers get Zach Levine, pair him with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. That's a nice trio. And that's a team that I would, I could see going to the finals for sure. And I don't know. I think Zach Levine would be the next option. I do like John Collins being traded, not to the Pacers, but I do like the um, the Kings one, definitely. And the OKC one. I could see Shea, Ludor, and John Collins. You don't that's think nice. Washington would ask for, uh, or, Chicago would ask for Ben Simmons. You don't think that Ben Simmons would be oh, hell no. a package? I don't know. Cause I was saying, like, I was seeing like the only way that Houston, Oh, I mean, Houston did decline Ben Simmons, I guess. But like, I don't think that a team is going to want to trade to the Sixers without getting Ben Simmons in return. <laughs> I think, um, 76ers value Ben Simmons more than we value Ben Simmons. I think that's what it is. Like he's really well, integral. We don't to value him, obviously, but <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I, like, other people. I think I think Daryl Morey is willing. I mean, we saw, we heard that uh, Daryl Morey was true. willing to trade him for for Kai or uh, for uh, James, James Harden. Harden so. I just don't think a team is going to want to trade to the Sixers without getting Ben Simmons in return. I just I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't see what other player would like bring enough potential. I think like Matisse Thybul. They could trade Seth Curry. I mean, they're okay pieces. Of, they're not trading Seth Curry. They're, they're not. That's not a lot trade. of. Honestly, I, I do want to say something about Seth Curry. I did not like that the um the Mavericks traded Seth Curry. To be honest, yeah, I, I do want to say that also because I think he was perfect with Luka Doncic. Signed? Did he sign with him or get traded to the? Same? He got traded. He got traded. Okay, it was for Josh Richards. It was like an even swap. Oh yeah, Josh Richards. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was stupid in my opinion. I don't. I didn't get it. But going back to this, I mean, I think Zach Levine on the Sixers. I don't think they would. As for, I mean, they might ask for Ben Simmons, but they might just get like Matisse Tybal, Tyrese Maxey, and like a couple picks for Zach Levine because Zach Levine's value isn't that high. Picks, though, why would they ask for picks if the Sixers are like a perennial All Star championship team? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm but, but then again, if, you can say that for I'm like they're going to get another. I'm, I'm thinking if they're going to get another superstar, they're going to have to give up. Did you say? Did you say Zach Levine's value isn't that high? As in, like a James Harden. I think his value is obviously like high, but not as in like a James Harden type player. I agree, but he's a twenty-seven five and five player on really I'm a, good efficiency. I'm, not, I'm just going off of like trade packages I've seen. Efficiency is a little inconsistent. That's the thing. I I, I think I've seen like I mean he's he's shooting thirty-nine percent from three and fifty percent from the field. He's almost fifty forty ninety. I'm not. I'm I'm just going off of like I, the trade was, packages was, that I've seen. Like I've seen I was watching packages. some videos recently. A lot of people are thinking that his shooting isn't going to continue to be this efficient throughout we'll the year. I mean, I'd love to see it. Zach is obviously a baller, yeah. but yeah. I mean, we'll I, I think Zach Levine is 
like one of the most promising players in the league. I was just going off like trade packages I've seen like um, recently. It was like, I, I mean, I'm not going to say uh, this is a dumb website to go to to look at trade packages, Bleacher Report. But um, I was looking at their trade packages for Zach Levine and I was like, this is nothing. But maybe that was the worst place to go for Zach Levine trade packages because Bleacher Report is kind of shit. Go to Silent Q, by the way. Um, but um, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with Zach Levine. Um, if nobody else has anything else to say, I think that's going to end our podcast today. Um, pretty good podcast, boys. Um, hope you guys, everybody that's listening, did enjoy this podcast. Stay tuned for more. We're going to have many more episodes next week, obviously. Hope you guys did enjoy. Uh, peace out. Peace out. Yeah.